an ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. All right, so today I sit down with Adam Banning from The Adam Harmon Show. Adam is a very good friend of mine and a truly amazing healer. He sees things that I just don't even know how he does it. Adam is so brilliant. He uses his left and his right brain like nobody else. In this podcast, Adam is going to share with you tips on how to change the course of your life to create the life that you want. We go over timeline therapy. We go over the space that belief is held at a molecular level. And Adam gives us real exercises to try to help us create the life that we want. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Affiliate Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this podcast, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll get to witness healings as well as hear from my mentors, teachers, and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for the last 14 years. My connection with energy is so strong and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. Well, it's so good to see you. Good to see you um, as well. We were just talking about our names and how it's confusing that I have the Ophelia podcast and I'm Amy Stark and he has the Adam Harmon show and he, his last name is Banning. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> but the two of us on some other timeline probably have those names, right? There we go. Most definitely because all timelines are um, infinite in their permutations. Awesome. So today we are talking about timelines and trying to understand them more deeply. And I'm with Adam Banning and he is a healer and he is amazing. Uh, This guy, if you could ever define what it's like to use both the left and the right brain, he has got it. (laughs) He is a biohacker and he's super powerful and he's bald. (laughs) And I'm bald. There we go. Uh, He just touched his head. It allows the message to get out. There we go. Can, so, can they see my picture or, or? On the podcast, no, but um, hopefully we'll get these edited and then put on YouTube at some point. So. Sounds fun. There we go. So thank you so much for being on the show. I know Adam from way back, probably 15 years ago or so. Uh, um, uh, I met you at Sixth Sensory Meeting. Yeah, I believe so. Yes. You presented me with this wand that you had made, which was really super cool. I mm-hmm, still have mm-hmm. it. Oh. And yeah. So anyway, we hit it off and we started exchanging healings. And one time I remember you were coming to see me and mm-hmm. we were doing an exchange mm-hmm. and you had uh, a stone on, but you didn't tell me you had the stone on. Mm-hmm. And so normally before I work with somebody, I tune into their energy and try to get as much information to help them. And I was like, Adam, I'm so sorry. I know that we're supposed to be doing an exchange here, but I can't read your energy. I I have no idea why. And he was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm wearing this stone. (laughs) So what's the name of that stone? Which one are we talking about? Um, Moldavite, um, Phenakite, Smoky Quartz, Opal. I don't remember which one it was, but you told me and you were like, all right, let me take that off. And then after you took it off, I was able to read your energy. So anyway, just an interesting story. Mm -hmm. I always kind of like don't believe in that stuff until it actually happens. And then I'm like, wow, okay, so that it's real. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. All right. (laughs) All right. So Adam, tell us when you first knew that you had abilities. Well, I was about seven years old, actually. Um, My parents were in the rock and roll industry. My dad owned a, a newspaper by the name of Changes, which was competing with the Rolling Stone at the time. 
we went wow. to this uh, record signing meeting, um, uh, Capitol Record signing meeting for Capitol Records. I think it was like Atomic Rooster was the name of it. It was like a one hit wonder. And I was at this party, the signing party at this enormous mansion in upstate New York. And I just wandered off from my parents. I, at first I checked out all the food. Oh my God, they had eight different types of chili. So I was the happiest <laughs> kid in the world. And then I wandered down this hallway and I noticed this woman down one of the hallways, just, it was such a large house. I remember it was just almost like a maze. She was sitting in the hallway crying with her head in her hands like this and just crying. So I walked over to her and I noticed something strange. I noticed that her face, I couldn't focus on it. It was blurry. Her whole head was blurry but the rest of her body I could focus on, visually wow. focus on. So I'm like, what? And all of a sudden, I just felt my hands start to lift up from my body and take her by both sides of her head and hold her by her sides of her head. And she looked up at me, stopped crying, and she smiled. And I knew it was the right thing because as I was holding her head, I could focus on her face and her head. It was no longer blurry. Wow. So I basically stood there, and I knew that I should be there for some reason. I sat down on her lap. And about, I, my mom told me it was 45 minutes. I, it, time flew for me. Right. But um, <laughs> my mom come over and said to this lady, like strange lady, doesn't know the lady, excuse me, that's my seven-year-old son you have on your lap. Oh, wow. And, and she looks up and she says, as soon as he touched my head, my migraine that I've been suffering from for the last hours just immediately went away. Um, wow. It was interesting. I learned a, a lot of different things that I could do with that ability. It wasn't just healing. I could start seeing, I started counseling adults when I was eight years old. Um, and <laughs> I started, normal. Yeah, normal, yeah. I call that Thursday. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> and, and I started counseling, but I could see how they were solving their life's problems, but in another place. So I told them how they solved their life's problems. They would come back to my mom and go, you know something? He told me to go to meet with someone uh, by the name of Ralph in my office. And there's only one Ralph and ask him for a raise. And I got a raise just like you told me. Holy moly. So I kept on seeing this type stuff going on. And only until I was later on in my life, in my, you know, in my mid thirties or early thirties, when I started studying quantum physics, because I didn't know what this was. I mean, all I could, I could see how someone was solving a problem somewhere else. Sort of strange, right? Right. Um, when I started studying um, uh, Hawking's work, um, Stephen Hawking's work with um, what's known as not just parallel timelines and parallel universes, but the entirety of string theory, I started realizing that I was seeing them in a parallel timeline, one of an infinite number of parallel timelines, but the one in which they already solved their problem. Mm. So when people would say to me throughout my life, when I tell them, you know, something, why don't you try this? I see you working well with this and this working out for you. What I was seeing was, is I was doing a search on what was known as their parallel timeline system which is an infinite number of parallel timelines all in the now that they are in, but they're anywhere between slightly different to vastly different than they are in this timeline. So all of a sudden, I realized I was doing that. And then I started using timelines for so many other things as well. Right. Well, once you figure it out, you're like, oh, this is a lot easier <laughs> than it's, being it's, in the other infinite timelines where it's not working out. It's exactly like using the internet, which is sort of interesting. Uh huh. Like when you're on the internet, you do a search, a Google search. I found out that I went on this parallel timeline system of all these different parallel timelines, infinite number of parallel timelines, and I said, which is the timeline where this person is? And I'd fill in the blank. Cool. I, mean, I want to yeah. try this. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, uh -huh. I, maybe not the, some of the listeners, but 
it makes sense that a lot of different timelines exist. I mean, I think that's how people heal. I honestly mm -hmm. believe when I first learned Reiki, one of the things that they teach us is to envision the person perfect and that then their body will start to match into that and, you know, the right stuff will come through right. you to them. And in a way, that's finding the perfect timeline, right? That's why it makes sense to me. It had, could be infinitely beneficial for people who are trying to heal. <laughs> yeah. Well, in regards to the healing aspect of it, it's very interesting. Basically, there was this situation as it comes to healing that I had. I went on a date with a young lady in New York City, and I looked across the waiter as we're eating in this very nice restaurant, and I noticed that she's burping up. She's like burping. Some of them are audible. And she was obviously embarrassed by the whole thing. And I was like, what is going on? Are you okay? And she says to me, I have really bad GERD, gastroesophageal reflux. I have mm -hmm. really bad GERD, and I have a hiatal hernia, which is the cause of it. And I looked at her, and all of a sudden, something came through me up from my heart into my face. Sometimes when I channel archangels, I feel it on my face. Yeah, I, um, I've seen them come through. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I said, well, I can help you with that. And I'm like standing there going, you can? <laughs> and <laughs> so I just sort of went with the flow on that. We went um, to her place after the dinner, and I laid down next to her on her bed, and I spooned with her. I was behind her. And I held her in that area of, of the hernia. And I just laid there and I said, so how does that feel? She says, it feels really nice. I'm like, let's just stay here. So I started focusing on a number of things that I learned about parallel timelines. So I focused on one of her infinite parallel timelines that all exist in the now, where she's a bit different than she is here. I focused on the parallel timeline where that area works perfectly in her body where she's mm. vibrant, where her core muscles are all perfect in that area of her body. I held her in that area and I saw myself holding her on that other timeline. So almost like a teleporter, I teleported that information from there to here. Cool. And, and we laid there, we laid there, and I didn't really know what was happening until the morning happened. And she said, this is really strange. Usually I'm dying to have my meds in the morning because I'm refluxing all over the place. She says, I'm not refluxing anymore. I said, wow, that's interesting. She said, no, no, you don't understand. I don't even have the feeling down there anymore. I'm like, that's great. Um, maybe I was able to help. <laughs> I said, call me later on in the day. She calls me later on in the day. She says, I haven't taken any of my pills. I don't need them. And I even tried chocolate, which was my trigger food. No reflux. Whoa. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I said, call me tomorrow. She calls me tomorrow. Same thing. Call me the next day. Same thing. She says, I need to go to the doctor and have the scope and see what happened. Because the doc's telling me I need to take my meds, but I'm saying I don't need them. Mm. So she schedules a time a week after that to go in to get its scope through the doctor. And when the doctor looked at it, the doctor said, this must be a mistake. And she's like, what? He says, there's no hernia there anymore. The hole is gone. Wow. And, she, and he says, I have to run this again. And she says, that's okay. It looks pretty clear to me. And she walked yeah, out. Yeah, and of she that. feels better. <laughs> yeah. So basically speaking, that was one of the other ways that you can use parallel timelines is to be able to bring the energy of a, an individual who's vital, who's her, from another timeline to here. Another way is to be able to figure out how individuals in another timeline are solving their problems that they currently have in this timeline. And many times they'll say to you, wow, that sounds like a really good, a good idea. It sounds like something I would have thought of. And I go, duh, yeah, you thought yeah, of you it. Did. <laughs> you already did it. <laughs> I'm just the reporter, babe. Just the facts, you know? So I have a question though. Like, so what about future? Are you also like traveling along that timeline and going to the future or is it literally just what's happening right now? Okay. So this is where it gets fun. I do tell people about likely futures, but this is an interesting point about telling futures. Okay. 
please do this because I, I don't agree with the whole future telling. It's all about possibility, not. Yes. Yeah. So, Go ahead. So, so, so the reason why most psychics can tell most individuals what their future is, is because they're unconscious. Let me explain. Hmm. Um, if you don't believe you have infinite opportunities, then you've relinquished some of your free will and you will stay on a path which is decided upon the path of least resistance or your internal programming in your subconscious mind. So those individuals who don't really believe in parallel timelines, believe in any of this stuff, believe in free will, they have less choice about their future. So they're way easier to read. Mm. They're sort of like reading a person's habits to a certain extent. That's what it feels like. Right. So if I put do one plus one, I'm going to end up with a two. So I can say, you're going to end up with a two. Mm-hmm. Okay. So many individuals out there, what I say to them is I give them percentages of likelihood something's going to work out in the future, depending upon their ability or lack of ability to be able to utilize free will and to be able to ask themselves, what is their soul's truest desire? Which is a really interesting thing because most individuals do really well in life if they're able to tap into their life's purpose, their life's mission, and they're able to follow through with it because they were given this tool bag when they came down to this planet to be able to accomplish that mission. So my first job that I work with individuals is, is, is I work on what their life purpose is. So many individuals are in this transition stage. So I've created technology where they can actually go and find out what their life's purpose is. And then we set up specific step-by-step approaches in coaching them to actually achieve it. Because if they are focused on their life mission, they don't worry about their future. They don't worry about any of these aspects, which make them come to most psychics, okay? Mm -hmm. The question of what's in my future is a question of I feel out of control to some way, shape, or form, or to some degree, Mm -hmm. all right? I like to see people find out, A, who they are, and B, with that information, become and create and experience what they choose. Because free will is the most holy of substances in the multiverse. That's what I do in regards to working with individuals. I also, one of the interesting points is, is there's a third way you can use, you can do it for healing, solving people's problems, but there's a third way you can use parallel timeline work, which is really interesting. The average person out there right now daydreams at times, right? The average person at times feels ungrounded at times, right? All these different things that make you feel like you're sort of not all here. Well, guess what? According to Hawking's work, you weren't all here. Hmm. A certain percentage of you was on other timelines. Everybody has the ability to sense the other timelines. I, I, as part of my work, I actually certify people on how to be able to do timeline reading for others. So the situation is, is there's a certain way to be able to do it, to be able to go about it, because human beings were meant to read multiple timelines. We take some of our focus and give it to other timelines when we feel less grounded. And we also take when we have all of our focus here right now, okay, not on other timelines, which is very rare, we can actually see miracles. We can actually do things and manifest in ways which are so beautiful, so sublime, so natural that we find ourselves in situations where we literally feel like we are a co-creator of our universe. Mm. I work with individuals to be able to bring their focus from many, many, many different places. Like deja vu is an example of seeing a parallel timeline, but it's not like you've done it before. Your mind can only think in linear time. It's that you're doing it right now in another parallel timeline, exact same time. 
Okay. Mm. So you're sensing that tuning torque of both those places going off here and that parallel timeline. And that's what it makes it feel like, well, where did that come from? I can only think linearly, so I must have done it before. That's why people think that must have done it before feeling of deja vu. But even Hawking wrote in this in his later papers that deja vu may just be, according to his mathematics, it happening in another timeline in the same time. Mm-hmm. So, so all of this stuff is, is very interesting. So when I take individuals and I bring their focus from different timelines in to this one timeline, they stand there and it's like their eyes open up like they've seen a world that they've never seen before. Mm. They're feeling a world that they've never felt before. And to be quite honest, according to my my channel and according to the information I'm getting, the average individual is anywhere between only 70% here to only about 93% here. So the other 7% or 30% is somewhere else. And that takes away your traction in regards to manifesting, in regards to experiencing fully and the depth and beauty of every experience and involves to seeing the magic. You don't see the magic as much. So by pulling them in, and we call this divine focus, or excuse me, quantum focus, quantum focus technique I use with them makes individuals like I say, you're about to start working on a project, let's do some quantum focus with you. So you're really all here. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you want to be the strongest magnet you can to bring in those experiences. Right, you don't want to be somewhere else, you know what I mean? No. It's like like you have a a house, and there's tons of people outside who want to get in. Well, if you're guarding the front door 100%, that's great. But if only 70% of you are there, some people are just going to walk in and lots of things are going to happen that you don't want to happen. Right, right. It's important to be conscious um, Mm -hmm. in life Mm -hmm. and consciously creating. So when I tuned into your energy, or I guess I should say what you were talking about, I saw that you actually literally manipulate some of the timelines. Like I see your hand actually touching them and twisting them. And (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so is that what happens with you? It seems that way. Well, you know, the situation is, is, is I've learned to play with timelines in the same way, let's say a computer programmer would play with coding. Mm. Okay. It happens when you do it a lot. The people that I've trained to do it, they're like, I can do this and I can do that. And I'm like, another one. Don't break the space time continuum. (laughs) 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 I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like, like the old man in back to the future. (laughs) 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 But the thing is, is when it comes down to it, this explains something about creativity, which is really cool. Creativity isn't what people actually think it is. It's like, oh, you know, I was creatively inspired. What does that mean? Creatively inspired, most people think, comes from somewhere between here and here. I'm pointing my two, my two ears, okay? But what you're actually doing is, is the two major reasons why someone creates something is A, to solve a problem, and B, to express themselves, and sometimes both. Right. It's like, let's get creative on this, okay? Let's just do this. And then everybody's expected to come up with ideas, all right? But the situation is, is if it is to do those two things, then your subconscious mind could very easily be saying to the parallel timeline system, which is an infinite system of versions of you, like the internet with infinite information, could be saying, what timeline did I solve this problem in? So we would think of like the Greeks used to think of the muses giving them inspiration. Many people say, oh, I don't know where it came from, inspiration. Guess what? Creativity is a simple outcome of infinite permutations. If you're creating to solve a problem or to express yourself, then what better place to look on an infinite continuum where everything has already happened and is already happening? And to be able to search to find the timeline where you have the answer to your creative question. So basically speaking, I work with a lot of creatives to be able to feel their parallel timelines and to dive into them, okay? And to be within the bodies of themselves and other parallel timelines so they can experience different things 
And so they can take a look and go, okay, so I guess I could do something creative. I need a creative way to handle A, B, Z. So you think about it. I have them actually go into a control room above their, what you call it, above their parallel timeline system, 50 feet above a row of versions of themselves, hmm. almost like an infinite lane highway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you're seeing all these different versions side by side with themselves. And I say, hey, listen, I want you to be able to, inside this control room, type into this computer what you're looking for like you would a Google search. And I said, and look below, you'll see the one light up either mm-hmm. to your left, underneath you, or to the right in the distance. And then we're going to take you and fly you over there and let you dive into your body and experience the actual experience of that solution. And, and then what do they, you do from there? <laughs> you got to come back to the reality, right? Oh, we bring them all. You see, I do that through hypnosis. So I, bring, I put people under and then I bring them to their parallel timeline system, have them make some choices, have them feel it. And then I bring them back into their body. So ideally what you're getting when you do that is like how it feels to be in that body. Like what you see, you can like look around, you can gain mm-hmm. in some information. And the more they do it, the more they can gather from that environment, that in new environment they're in. Mm-hmm. They can actually see the whole story at certain points. I've been doing this for so long, ever since I was a kid, that I can see the, the whole backstory of that specific parallel timeline. That's because cool. I can experience it through them. Yeah. Because the concept of you being separate from me is insane. Okay. I mean, I love this. This is a fun one. I actually am making movies for Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y. It's a uh, online learning platform. Uh, but the first one speaks about the substance of belief. And I'm a big believer in this thing called the substance of belief. If you take a look at your body, your body right now is made up of atoms, correct? Mm-hmm. Trillions and trillions and quadrillions of atoms. And atoms basically have like three parts of them. They have protons and neutrons, which are in the nucleus of the atom. And then spinning around them are electrons, usually in pairs, so things stay nice and healthy. Okay? You're speaking my language. Keep going. I'm, speaking your, I'm talking the language of free radicals. <laughs> we are energy. <laughs> we are energy. Oh, but it gets even cooler than that. Watch this. So if we were to take and look at that structure, but blow it up so we can feel it a little bit better, let's blow it up. Let's blow up the nucleus, which contains the protons and neutrons to the size of a grapefruit. Then the electrons will be the size of somewhere between large marbles and golf balls. And they would be spinning around. Now, guess where this closest orbit would be? How far away would it be from the nucleus, the closest orbit? Oh my gosh, I know. It's like a football field or more. It's it's a block and a half away, okay? So basically speaking, most people in physics cannot explain why the electrons don't spin away and, and fly away. They can't explain it. They're, I mean, they have this thing called the boson Higgs particle, mm. which tries to explain this connectivity concept, but it really falls short greatly. And one of the things that Hawking said, which was interesting, is it may be that space in between may be filled with belief. Holy and not moly. Just one type oh of my belief. gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> not just one type of belief, four types of belief. Whoa, which okay. Make it extremely strong and make you extremely strong to be able to change your body or do things which are miraculous with your body. So hold on, time out. I'm getting some information here. Is that also some like life mission information and like how you can change and heal your body? You can tap through that into any direction like that. Okay. That, that is, here, what, watch what happens here. You've heard the term human being. Did you know it's actually two terms? And I channeled this one through because I was saying, what do I call that space in between the electrons and the nucleus of the atoms, which is filled with, what do I call it? I need to call it something. And this dark voice came through, like very deep voice came through and said, not dark isn't bad, but deep, came through and said, it is your being to match your human. And Hmm. your human is your solid particles, your protons, neutrons, and sometimes your electrons. 
But watch what happens here is your electrons have been the only part of the atom which has been shown to fade in and out of this dimension. They've already seen it. They've seen electrons disappear and reappear again. Okay. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's like, what is up with that? Not protons and neutrons, but the electrons spinning around. The speed in which the electrons spin allows your human to connect to your being, allows awesome. you to connect to the universe and the multiverse. So if we can take and we can visualize the spin of the atom, of the electron, and then we can also plant in that beautiful canvas, that space in between that's filled with belief, whatever belief that you want, and we remain persistent in that as mm. a ritual, then that is how we manifest. We are creators, created by the creator, meant to create. Mm -hmm. So within thus, we have the same basic algorithmic patterns of creation that God does, okay, that creation does. So basically, we are just a hologram of the larger, which is right. God, and the microcosm, which is atomic and subatomic. So within all of that, basically, what we find ourselves in is we find ourselves in the ability to be able to literally fill that space. Now, there's four different types of belief that fill Yeah, I was just, oh my God, I was dying to ask you that. What are the okay. four? <laughs> the four types are, the first type is your belief in yourself now. Like you wake up in the morning, it's like, hey, you got skin. You know, I feel myself, right? Right, right. I feel my legs, I feel my side. And that dinner from last night is still feeling through me. Ooh, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know? So that's the belief you have in yourself right now. There's a belief that you have in your history because you grew up with yourself and you have memories. Mm -hmm. So that's the historical aspect past this moment. Mm -hmm. The third one is the belief that your community has in you or not. Now, right. this is interesting. Remember the book, The Blue Zones? No, okay. no. Blue Zones is a great book. It talks about these places around the world where people live to over 100. A lot of people live over to, to oh, 100. Oh, right. Okay. I have heard of this. Okay. Right. And the situation is, is one of the nine major factors, which is consistent from one community to another where they live to over 100 years old, is having a supportive community that believes in you. So basically speaking, that form of belief comes from others to you. We have, there's something called the Pygmalion effect which literally proves in science, and it's been published in the Journal of Psychology and many others, that if I believe something about you sooner or later, if it's persistent, that belief, you will actually become it. Makes if I sense. believe that you're going to steal from me, sooner or later, you're going to steal from me, right. okay? If I'm persistent in that. If I believe that you're going to be a great person and loving, you're going to show up in ways that maybe you haven't ever showed up before. Mm -hmm. So that belief of others upon themselves. Now, the opposite of an individual who's in one of those places who has a really supportive uh, community are shut-ins. People who live inside their house, people who, you know, uh, pile up garbage and so on and so forth, hoarders and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Those individuals who are shut-ins and don't have that community, they are much high, at much higher risk, statistically significantly, a higher risk of inflammatory disorders, okay? Mm -hmm. And things that can cause disease and die. What is the precursor to all inflammation or most inflammation? It's free radicals. What is a free radical? It's a loss and spinning out of an electron. So therefore, it can't hold it together at a subatomic basis because oh. it does not have that form of belief to enforce it by the community. Okay? Wow. So that's the third way. The fourth way is where it gets really galactic. The fourth cool, way I is- I can't wait. <laughs> there we go. Is every single version of you on infinite numbers of parallel timelines and infinite parallel universes, you're sensing them if you choose to. And you sense them when you're unconscious, when you're sleeping, all this type of stuff. You sense them. You also sense their faith that they exist in the moment. So you have infinite, infinite faith from infinite parallel timelines, sensing the faith that each person and the belief that each person has in themselves. So those four together 
make for a beautiful aspect of believing who you are. But also, if we truly understand that, we truly understand that we can become what we choose to be. I was sitting at a gym. I wasn't sitting. I was standing at a, in, in a gym in front of one of those curl bar machines. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I thought I was hot stuff. This is when I first started losing my weight. I was doing 120 <laughs> pounds until mm-hmm. someone told me, like, yeah, that's not much on a machine. <laughs> <laughs> Try that with free weights. But I was in front of the machine feeling, you know, like, look at me. So I'm standing doing 120 pound curls. And this little Asian guy comes up to my right. He couldn't have been any more than five foot three, five foot four. Bald head, had like a, a violet looking shirt and white shorts on. And he stands next to me. And I'm like, <laughs> I was about to look at me go, hey, personal space, buddy. Um, <laughs> but he stands right next to me. And, I, and I, it felt sort of nice. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then he opens up his mouth before I, it gets a little too weird. And he says, would you like to learn how to be able to take and curl 280 pounds? I said, wow. um, I can't even bench 280 pounds. Okay. I'm like, I have never lifted anything that was 280 pounds. I said, but I'm open. He says, okay. And he was to my right. He says, imagine to your left, the largest and most powerful mammal that either normally or at times stands on two feet. Think of them to your left. What animal would that be? And it was interesting. I was watching a documentary on silverback gorillas the night before. Oh, wow. uh, So I made that uh, answer easy because I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Bang. And I saw a picture in the documentary um, from National Geographic where this gorilla, this male gorilla, pulled a tree out of the ground. Holy moly. Pulled a, like a decent sized tree out of the ground. So I'm like, and they say, pound for pound, this is the most powerful mammal on earth. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. He says, imagine it to your left. Imagine it standing there breathing and heaving, seeing its arms laying down by its side. Now, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to imagine that it automatically turns into a coat. And I'd like you to put on that coat. And all of a sudden I put on that coat He says, imagine the being of the gorilla entering into your body, your arms, your chest, your legs, your hips, your feet, your hands, your head and your neck. Feel it enter in. Now start breathing the same way the gorilla breathes. And I started breathing the same way. He says, you are the gorilla because you are what you choose. And he takes the pen. He puts it down to 280 on the machine. Mm. He says, do 10 for me, would you? Oh, my God. And I looked at him. And I figured I'd look at him like, what are you freaking crazy? But I didn't. Mm. I just looked at him and then I looked back at the machine, lifted up, and I did eight at 280. Wow. No, there were nine at 280. I did nine of them 280, put it back down again because I was worried about the ninth one that I might damage myself. Mm. So I got worried. So I put it down. I looked up, I looked around. This guy was gone. I looked at the people in the area. I said, Did you see the guy in the purple shirt? No, I never saw anybody like that. Ask the front desk. Hey, did some guy with a very distinct purple shirt, white shorts, uh, some short Asian. How long you been here? All day. Never saw him. Wow. So cool. in reality, what we have is we have an option to be able to take that being part of human being and be what we choose. We are creators that were created by the creator and meant to create. We manifest in ways which require algorithmic knowledge of the universe. And that's what I help people with. So did you go back for that last curl? <laughs> Actually, the funny thing is, is I did go back for the last curl. After I asked the front desk, I went over to the machine again with the 280 and I tried it, couldn't do it at all. Oh, wow. So your and belief, yeah. My belief was he was gone. This wasn't mm-hmm. real. Was I dreaming this whole thing? Right, right, right. Wow. Not, but yeah. Cool. I love that experience that you shared with us. I mean, that's 
amazing because I, I do osteo strong. So when I do osteo strong, I do imagine myself super, super strong when I do uh-huh. it. And I uh-huh. swear that helps to increase the amount of weight that I can push. One of your main guardians is Archangel Michael. And if you take and allow Archangel Michael to go into your body, you're and what's known as an angelic physical, which means that you can do really weird, strong stuff when you put your head to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you can do like crazy stuff. Like if you chose to, you could do parkour. What is parkour? You ever see where they're running up the sides of buildings and running to the top of a building by oh, scaling the awesome. outside? You could do that because there's something called physical faith. I, I've created, there are two different models within my work that I, I talk about within my two books and, and within, um, within my websites. There's physical faith and there's mental faith. Mental faith is basically you stand there, let's say you have a friend, Johnny, down the road. You've known Johnny for 10 years. Good friend, you know, you've like eaten over to his other's houses. You would lend them things at times and every, everything was always good. And he comes up to you and he says, hey, I'm going on this long bike trip, but my bike is broken down. Can I borrow one of your three bikes? And you say, no problem, Johnny, you're great. When will I get that back? Next week. All right, great. That's great, Johnny. And all of a sudden, he leaves with your bike. An hour later, Mary, a mutual friend between you and Johnny, shows up. And Mary says, hey, how you doing? Hey, have you seen Johnny anywhere? And you're like, yeah, I just loaned him my bike. She says, you did what? And you're like, what do you mean? She says, well, I loaned him my bike three years ago. I reminded him a hundred times he's never returned it. Now, all of a sudden, you're standing there with this outside information, mm. with the level of confidence and you belief you have in that person going down 30, 40, maybe even 50 points at that point. Right, like, right. What did I miss? That's mental faith. Mental faith can easily be interrupted or degraded by internal thoughts or external on the stimulus, okay, or information. Mm. So it's different from physical faith. And that's basically what you run on, you as an individual specifically, some people not. Physical faith is basically the faith that you have that the sun's going to come up tomorrow morning. The faith that you have the sun's going to come up tomorrow morning is so strong that if at 8 a.m., all of a sudden the sun isn't out, you look up at the skies and there's no clouds, you're like, huh? At 9 a.m., there's still no sun. It's dark as midnight. At 10 a.m., you hear on the radio from, you know, the people from the observatories or whatever going, we've lost the sun and we don't think it's coming back. That betrayal of that faith that it would happen would result in you actually feeling pain within your body due to excessive cortisol releases. It is so deeply ingrained that the denial of that faith, that the breakdown in which it doesn't happen, Hmm. okay, will cause a major breakdown inside your body. You will feel it. Now, that's just talking about like a negative situation. Well, I was just going to say, what's the positive? (laughs) Because that doesn't sound very good. The positive situation is, is that you can pull from any one of your parallel timelines that you're that person. And you have all the data to be able to feel it and be it and so on and so forth. The positive end of that is, is do you ever see someone, Richard, do you ever see someone on stage who'd been to a stage hypnosis and is acting like a chicken? Yes. Okay? The chicken on stage? Mm-hmm. It went right into the subconscious mind, planted the chicken. That's who you are, physical faith. That's why they're like, walking around stage. But what I found out, which was interesting, is that you can only sustain a lie. Like, you're not a chicken. And in none of your timelines, you're actually a chicken. It's harder to sustain a lie within the subconscious mind and within physical faith than it is to be able to sustain the truth. So if I see inside you what your superpowers are, what your strengths are, the things that are inside your toolkit that came here to be able to do that amazing mission, and I explain the deeper truth of who you are, then it's just shedding a light on something and bringing it out as opposed to trying to hold up a lie. Right. Okay? And people don't understand exactly how powerful they are. They don't understand that they are co-creators of their entire existence. 
And to a great extent, due to their interpretation and due to their expectations, they can be 90% creator of their existence if they understand those facts that A, your expectations will never be met. Did you say our expectations will never be met? Is that what you said? Our expectations will never be truly met. Let me tell you why. Because this is how expectations work within the human mind. If all of a sudden you imagine like, I want a home that has this, 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 this with the front porch and this and this and this, and it has like eight different major characteristics to it. Mm. When that time comes, even if you have a home that only has six of those characteristics out of eight, but there are other parts of which, which were way better, you still will feel dissatisfied because the picture is incomplete from your expectation. Are okay. you saying I would? Most or, people. Yeah, most, most people. people. Okay. Yeah. I, that um, exact most... thing happened to me and I was not disappointed. I, well, I was a little bit, I have to say. I wanted the basement done. <laughs> but then now I'm glad that we, we didn't have it done because I, I was able right. to design it the way I wanted. And that little bit, anywhere between a little bit and a lot of bit of that disappointment is based on it not being the perfect way I envisioned it. Mm. And we hold on to perfection way too often. But I love this saying. I only have a certain amount of shits to give during a day. You know, the other stuff, I don't, it, it affects me poorly to give a crap about everything. Imagine if you gave a crap about everything going on in the world these days. Oh my God. All right. Yeah. You'd be in the corner shivering, going, when do I get out of this place? Mm. So the less amount of, excuse me, shits that you give, <laughs> all right, the better off you are and understanding what your expectations are. You know, you were meant to receive miracles that are far beyond your own capacity to understand them because you do not see it from that height, from that distance. So if you have these expectations, you literally take the miracles that come your way and add a negative there, like, oh, it wasn't exactly what I wanted. By taking away the expectations, you leave open the floodgates for the amazing surprises and miracles which you are destined to receive. Right. We don't want to block that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I work with people in regards to expectations as well and reactions and um, adaptations. If you want to be able to go forward within your life and do the most amazing job of creating healing and serving, which are the three things human beings do really well, mm-hmm. okay, then being on point in regards to your mission is really essential. So understanding yourself is really essential. So can you truly be yourself when you're reacting to another person? No. You actually become a dumber version of the conversation. And then they react to you. And after a while, two really smart people look like idiots as they yell and scream at each other, reacting to each other. So right. reactivity never expresses who you are. The second thing is adaptation. Adaptation is really interesting because people will oftentimes adapt to the environment around them, especially if they're special like yourself. Okay, <laughs> um, They'll adapt to the environment around them, especially when they're younger, just so they can fit in. Mm. But that vibration of adaption is not truly who they are. So no. they can't really go on their life mission until... They really understand that deeper. They feel that. They have the physical faith of who they are. They understand that their parallel timelines are there to be able to support them. And they're always supporting them in the subconscious way in which we feel them. All of these things together allow us to be able to go to sleep at night and go, wow, that was great. Allow us to be able to take in abundance and the abundance of miracles as opposed to taking them away with expectations, which are too dogmatic or too tight. So I wanted to ask you, what was your dark night? When did you realize that you needed to do what you're doing now and, and get on the right path? Like, was there a my, time? My dark night happened uh, with a girlfriend, like two girlfriends ago, um, that I moved to California for. I know who she was. I told you you were going to be with her. 
Did, no, no, this is a different one. This is a different okay. one. The one I'm with right now, you told me I was going to be with. And okay. we've been in very happily so. Thank you very much. No, um, <laughs> had nothing to do with it. Just read it. <laughs> there you go. It's all good. Um, but this one was a, a couple before that. Okay. And she used to do things like, uh, like salsa all the time, rubbing her body up against other people, and was very flirty with guys and would always deny it. And it would just make this thing inside me, this jealousy, rise up. It was this uncontrollable emotion. And it always made me feel horrible. And expressing it was always the wrong thing to do. Mm. Okay. I had to. And he it says out. that like, facetiously because you should always express yourself. <laughs> right, right. No, but, you know, it's just like you don't express reactivity. Okay. Right. Reactivity sometimes gets you into damage because reactivity isn't the true self of who you are. Right. Okay. And I was reactive as hell. It was all like a, like a whirlwind inside you. I don't know if you've ever felt like really intense jealousy, but it was just like uncontrollable. And then. I read something about expectations and how people forgive and release expectations, not to be able to condone another person's actions, but to become free themselves. So one night I stood there just literally going between punching the wall and crying over this woman to standing there and going, what does it feel like not to give a damn about something? So I went through all the things that I've done in my life where I just didn't give a damn about it. Mm. And I walked by and I felt free. And then all of a sudden, I said, I'm going to overlap that energy into my body. So I brought it to the point in my body where I felt the most jealousy, which was my heart. And I went down into the actual atomic structure, all the way down into the heart cells. And I saw that space, that space in between the electrons and the protons and neutrons. And I saw all the anger there like a fire. So I went down there, I pulled out my fire extinguisher, put it out, and I replaced it with the antithesis, which is an extreme amount of joy and confidence. And I released all of the expectations. Then I took that point that was so small and I expanded out like a wildfire to all the other atoms, all the other molecules, all the other cells throughout my whole body and breathed it in and felt it. And then all of a sudden I pulled myself out of it and I realized I'm not jealous anymore. I'm not out of control anymore. I'm not reactive anymore. That was my realization, but I went through a lot of hell with jealousy in my life until hmm. I recognized that I don't need to condone somebody else's actions to forgive them. It's to set me free. I don't need to be able to condone somebody else's actions to go, oh, I don't give a darn. You know what I mean? Hmm. I'm doing it to set me free. So right. I understood that. And from that point on, I created techniques for people to do it as well. It's so important to know that you can send that signal all the way through the body to heal it. Most definitely. And the interesting point is, is when you understand some of the actual structures and algorithms within the body and, and real programming within the body, you can get there faster and you can make it more sustainable. So I know you're super smart about all the supplements and turning genes on and nutrigenomics. Do you recommend biohacking the body and working on the energy through the timelines or all these different ways that you do that? You can work on those synergistically, which is really nice. One of the things that they discovered within Curlian photography in Russia is when they did it microscopically, they took wait, wait, explain what Curlian photography is. It's, it's, it's just showing the picture of energy coming from different points. Right. So it's okay, a, whether it be in a body or a plant or whatever. Yeah, but know? doesn't it? Oh, no, no. The Curlian, that one is just black and white. Right. Just black and white. Okay. So yeah. it's not like aura photography. Right. Um, so um, the Curlian photography, when they took a look at actual cells in Curlian photography, what's the one part that glowed? The mitochondria. Mm -hmm. The mitochondria are your antenna and your connection to the multiverse. They are your antenna to reach out and touch someone or something <laughs> or some whatever. As um, long as it's consensual. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> me too gone spiritual. Okay. So the situation, <laughs> so, oh so the, the, the situation is, is your mitochondria, when well-fed, will add to your belief. The second thing is, is, is your core muscles. Your mm. core muscles are areas of control or lack of control. Mary, solar plexus are where you can manifest from or where you feel out of control. When we make our core muscles stronger, which adds to our physical faith and our physical belief, and we increase the power of mitochondria, we are doing what we can to be able to take and really supercharge physical faith and your connection to the multiverse. You can use things in regards to mitochondria like CoQ10 as a primary fuel source. Magnesium, because that makes magnesium-dependent ATPase, which is an enzyme making ATP or energy inside the mitochondria. You can use things like carnitine. There's a number of different nutrients that you can use. Just take a look. Look up Krebs cycle, okay? Mm. And you'll find out all the ingredients which fuel the production of energy through the mitochondria and therefore strengthen your, your antenna to mm. the oneness. And when it comes to core muscles, there's tons of great core exercises out there right now. But boy, oh boy, the one person, the one thing that I've realized is all extreme sports people, all extreme sport people have tight cores. They really do. It makes them a master of the wildest physical abilities. And if you have wild physical abilities, then you've got that thought in the back of your mind, I can do pretty much anything I want to if I put my mind to it. Right. So it makes a person with good core muscles able to take advantage of free will more effectively. Interesting. So that would be my biohacking for that. Cool. I like that. I like that suggestion. I didn't know that about the core muscles, but it makes a lot of sense. When I look back at a time when I had really great core muscles, hello, I had a baby <laughs> and then they cut them because I had to have a C-section. But yeah, I, you do feel so much more embodied and so much more powerful when that's uh-huh. strong. So that's yeah. cool. I definitely believe in turning on the mitochondria and helping them. I also like to do keto because that helps to switch the, uh, right. the energy source. Because um, short-chain fatty acids are one of the fuel sources of the mitochondria. Right. So you're having good fats. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I know you've written two books. So like, you want to explain those yeah, two sure. books? Yeah, sure. The first one's called Seeing the Angel in the Mirror. It's all about the dirt we put in our mirrors so we can't see the true angelic selves we are. Mm-hmm. And ways of cleaning off that mirror so we can live from that perspective. It really masters some concepts of being present and also judgment and give you really great tools to be able to take and align your life with your true soul's purpose. So it's a great book that way. Simple read, it's about 130 pages long. Mm-hmm. The second one is the official Wizards training manual. And it took me three weeks to write it, okay? <laughs> and I channeled the entire thing because I was always able to do these interesting things when I lived in New York. But when I moved to California, I was also able to visually see things and it intensified. I think because I was around so many other people within LA who thought outside the box. Once again, the belief of another person affects you, okay? Mm. So I was able to, I went to this one channeling session where it was a workshop, and instead of me hearing stuff and seeing glimpses, like glimpses in the back of my mind of who the individuals passed on relatives were, so on and so forth, to be able to do that uh, form of channeling and uh, be a medium, I actually physically saw them, okay, behind the That is my biggest fear is that I'm going to start seeing them walk around. (laughs) Uh -uh. Well, you you know, the, the thing is, is, where your biggest fear is, is where your biggest opportunity lies. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I talk to them and I can see them, but like, actually, sometimes I'm like, what was that? One thing you can do when you actually see them and they're like right in front of you and they are there is you can actually go into them and feel their experiences as well. Whoa, you just mutated. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
So basically speaking, this allows you to do that. All of these things that I'm talking about, mm -hmm. they're things that human beings are meant to be able to do. Mm -hmm. It's just that we're currently in a system right now in which we're breaking out of hierarchy and we're recognizing that we are the paths into the oneness, not the dogma of a church or a priest. You can't speak to God. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I love the line like, you know, some, you can speak to God, but if he answers you back, you're crazy. <laughs> I've heard that from like priests before and reverends. I'm like, yeah. you know, you guys are holding the company line here. So obviously that's what you want us to believe. Guess what? We are creators that were created by the creator and meant to create. And through the process of creation and experiencing things, we expand the universe through our version of what the universe is. More experience, more data points, more creation, more experience. That's why we're so important on this planet, because we stand there with the capacity to allow this planet to go into 5G. Yet we are the main reason why it's not. 5D or 5G? 5D, 5D, sorry. <laughs> Not 5G. Ouch. <laughs> or, or yes, we can use that. We could go, are you planning on moving us towards 5G or 5D? Yeah. Do you study 5G? I've done some work in the area of 5G. Most of the work that I've done in the area of 5G has to be able to do with my meditation upon it. Really, the underlying reason- 5D or 5G? 5G. The underlying purpose of it and reasoning of it is far more important and more trustworthy for me than people who have themselves- you know, opinions based upon anger or reaction. And I'm fine with the way I feel about it. If someone wants to be believe the way I feel about it or makes sense, that's great. But I'm cool with you feeling about it whatever way you want to feel about it. Right. Got no expectations about that. My belief in regards to um, uh, 5G is, is 5G is just another form of control. That's all it is. Hmm. It's another form of control by people who feel out of control. The only reason why anybody wants to control something is because they feel out of control. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have ourselves a government recognizing and many world governments and so on and so forth, recognizing that we're all waking up. So that's scary as hell. They're already seeing the signs of that with less and less individuals going to church and houses of worship. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's way down. Even before it, Corona. Yeah, no, this has been for a while. Mm. So that was the first form of control. The second form of control are things like social security, taxes, so on and so forth. These are all forms of control. Mm. Keeping you in the system, making sure that you sign in and do this. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Being part of, part of an educational system, which is meant to be able to feed a workforce as opposed to feed expression and uh, abundant manifestation. These are all forms of control. So 5G is another form of control. There's a couple of different things on it. First of all, the major thing is, is 5G allows for worldwide camera utilization mm -hmm. to a really wonderful ex extent and facial recognition very quick because 5G is, is like the coolest bandwidth, really, really large. So it can do that. The second one is, is, is that the energy that comes out of electromagnetics, the energy um, that is in there, some people may call dark magic, but what I call it is, is it is meant to be able to take the power away from you to move in one direction and to keep you within a state of constant ADD. Mm. So this system physically where we have a 24-hour news cycle, you know, we have this crazy thing going on, I'm, I'm holding up my iPhone, all this type of stuff that keeps our mind going in the middle of the directions mm. is sort of like the whole thing where I said with quantum focus, people's minds are in different directions, so they can't really manifest. Mm. Keeping our minds in a million different directions, keeping us segmented, fragmented within our subconscious mind, making us cover up horrible stuff that happened. So we're dealing with stuff underneath the carpet, which is making bumps on it and are going to pop out one day and make us violent or whatever. All this garbage 
is there to be able to keep us from effectively moving past our daily stresses and dive higher into the top of Maslow's hierarchy where we have self-actualization. It keeps us down in the lowest parts of Maslow's right. hierarchy needs where we are just surviving. So have you gone to the timeline where we've sorted all this out? <laughs> well, there have been a couple of timelines where we sorted all this all out, but at the same time, we also um, did full disclosure on aliens. So right. we, haven't, we haven't done one to the other. So we're still within the box that looks like the universe, the box that looks infinite, but it's not. That is the box of us just being alone in, in the universe. Oh, okay. I see you. Yeah. So, you know, do you follow the Schumann resonance at all? Yes. So that, that's helping us to evolve as well, which is really cool. It's interesting. The resonances of different planets too. Have you heard of the sounds of different planets? Before? No. I'll look up the sounds of different planets. Every one of them sounds like a weird space age movie when you listen to the sound of the planet. But guess oh. what ours sounds like? Ours sounds like a flock of birds. Huh. How do you find that? YouTube? Just look up YouTube and the sound of, sound of planets in the solar system. Cool. I want to listen to that. It's way cool. It's way Adam, cool. thank you so much for being on the show. You are a wealth of information. So talented. I'd love to reach Amazing. out to your people. Can I give them my websites and Oh, yeah, like yeah. That? Go ahead. Tell All us right. how everybody can reach you. Okay. You can reach out to me. I'm very, very low tech in regards to things. Um, I like human contact with individuals. So I do most of my stuff over the phone. If I'm not there with you personally, I'm in Los Angeles. So if you're in Los Angeles, I do personally. If not, if you're outside Los Angeles, I do over the phone. I do all my hypnosis over the phone as well. Please, if you're interested in a session, you can either go to my timeline website, which is called paralleltimelinetherapy.com. And you can reach out to me there, or you can reach out to me directly by texting me at 310-999-7877. But either which way, I'd like to thank everybody for listening today. And also I'm offering a special um, to anybody who's calls from the show and says, Ophelia, Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. You say you say Ophelia to me either through a text or through an email. Okay. By the way, my email address is Adam at paralleltimelinetherapy.com. But you send Ophelia, I'll give you a 20% discount on the first meeting. I usually charge for the first meeting where we go into all of your timelines, life purpose, and so on and so forth. I usually charge 200. I'll be charging 160 only for Ophelia listeners. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. But you got to mention the name Ophelia, otherwise it's 200. <laughs> In addition to that, if you want to, and you want to be able to receive um, a daily inspirational quotes for free, I will put you on my list, but you do have to be able to, I text them out. So you do have to be able to send to adam at paralleltimelinetherapy.com and send the words inspiration. And underneath it, put Ophelia, inspiration Ophelia, and also give me your, your, um, your cell phone. I will be texting out to those individuals. I have a list of a few hundred people who I give daily um, inspirational quotes to, and people really enjoy it. That's awesome. I, I, I receive them as well. So thank you. Adam, this conversation was so cool and so oh. <laughs> amazing. I really thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I, I've seen the work you've done with your podcast. Thank you for doing that good job, for being <laughs> of service and healing and creation for individuals out there and inspiring them. So thank you. Thank you. All content provided by Amy Stark and her guests on the Ophelia Podcast website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, were created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist. 